0: All right, let's get this. Coming to you live from the capital city of the great state of Texas. We are overlooking downtown Austin and the University of Texas. Welcome to the show that knows the pride and tradition. Of the Texas football program will never be entrusted to the Timid or the weak. This is the Eyes on Texas Multicast. You find us on iTunes, Spotify, also on YouTube pages at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and hornfm.com. We are a product of the Republic of Football on Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast Network. And we are powered by Grande Equipment, also our other founding sponsors. We appreciate them, but Grande is our title sponsor. We can't thank them enough. I am Aaron Hogan morning show host here in Austin on the flagship or formerly the flagship of the Texas Longhorns uh, hornfm.com uh, Mike Craven, normally my co-host uh, the senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Mike is out on assignment this week. He's covering American Athletic Conference, Media Days, and the Big 12 Coaches School, so he'll be back with us uh, a couple of weeks. He's uh, he's on assignment the next couple, but uh, let me tell you this is the multicast that keeps you on top of all things Texas football on a week-by-week basis powered by Grande. Grande Equipment, our friends uh, Wes Murray and Weston Murray and the team locally owned independent equipment contractor company that uh, has been serving Texas and the world's equipment needs since 2004. Uh, they're local, but man, they're independent and playing the big leagues. They're online at GrandeEquipment.com. They're huge Texas fans and we'd love to serve you with every project you may have eyes on Texas. Multicast is also available to watch weekly on the Dave Campbell's uh, Texas football or their big time football YouTube page, also on hornfm.com, the YouTube page here in Austin, and available for download through iTunes and Spotify. Uh, let's fire it up. Let's get this thing going. Now, normally, as we say, we have our, our buddy Mike Craven in the house, but look at this. I mean, uh, we'll have, we, we break our, multicast into four quarters like a football game so coming up in <laughs> quarter two we will have uh all things big 12 media days with mike craven he'll get us a full recap he was there for two days and covered everybody in our third quarter it's time for our college football spicy takes presented by our friends at on point spice company uh got shots fired from the dec- deputy commissioner of the big 12 at texas and oklahoma on their way out of the conference the big question will be in our spicy takes should texas and oklahoma be concerned whether they're going to get a fair shake in a level playing field in 2023 uh, it sounds like there's some acrimony on their way out and in the fourth quarter, wrap it up with our final four big conversations surrounding Texas football, college football, including Steve Sarkeesian on his recruiting philosophy. Quinn yours weighs in on the upcoming season. So a lot to do. We are jam-packed this morning, but uh, man, look at this. We've got uh, no Mike Craven. Let's fire it up our first quarter. And uh, we're, we're better to go with the leadoff. And first quarter presented by our buddy our buddy Carlos Carrion, the Mortgage com the com. We'll talk about him more coming up. But looky, uh, looky who's joined the EOT bunker and is ready to talk some Texas football. He's always up for it. He's a lifetime Longhorn, considered by many, one of the best cover corners ever to shut down one side of the field at DBU. Now holding down the afternoon drive slot on the Horn FM here in Austin, number 21 in your program, number one in your heart and maybe number one with heart on the field that we ever saw at Texas. He is our man, Rod Babers. What's up, my friend?
1: I appreciate the intro, man. Yeah, man. intro right there. Hey, nice. man,
0: you shut it down back in the day. I appreciate
1: what I'm saying, I talked to man. a lot
0: of people that say, man, Rod, no, no one played with more guts and heart than Rod Babers. I as, love that guy. I've
1: always said that one quote that got me in trouble with Mac Brown, nobody catches the ball on my side of the field, not even me. <laughs>
0: Dropped a lot of picks. It dropped a lot
1: of picks. I think I'm still like top five all time in PBUs. At least half of those were dropped, so they weren't even like celebratory PBUs. Where so I knocked it down and I was like swagged across the field with was showboating. Nope. It was a disappointment. It was like hands on his head, crowd like Babers has done it again. Oh so it was more.
0: Our digital prisoner Nolan Ryan. Uh, Nolan Hogan. Nolan Ryan. Nolan Hogan, Hogan plays uh, the Madden, right? You get that, yeah. that guy. Oh, he dropped a pick.
1: What are we doing? <laughs> a lot right. Of that Rod that B, was gonna man. be the house. Like, and I had a bunch of house calls. I, I dropped too, man. Sad. Well, because I
0: know we'll get. Get into this coming well, up on some rapid fire. Your favorite DB growing up was was Primetime, Prime Time, baby. Deion take to the house. Take it to the time. house, man. High, high stepping steppin'.
1: and Rod B. I guess I was thinking about the high stepping before I
0: caught it. Yeah, man. <laughs> you were a hell of a player, though, man. I we appreciate, appreciate you it, being here. Let me let me see because your thought overall thoughts on what you took from Big Twelve Media Days. I mean, now they're just it's the talking season. There's no yeah. football being played, uh, but it's always a, a signpost to where we're going. We're counting down days inside 50 days to football. Uh, what did you take from Sark's confidence? Quinn Yours confidence, the players that were there. Uh what, what just what did you take from hearing? I know you talked to Xavier Worthy and some other guys mm-hmm. up there. What what did you hear from the player's side and from Sark's side?
1: Uh well, confidence. Man, that's that you feel the confidence, man. They, they everybody coming out of the locker room, they're confident. I love the Quinn Ewers quote. My favorite quote from Big 12 Media some Quinn Ewers is he drops the John Wick reference. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, it's kind of like the John Wick movies where, you know, yeah, he's being hunted, but also he's hunting those other people. And I'm like, that's it. That's the mentality. I don't know if Sark is the one that's a John Wick fan or if that's Quinn coming up with it. it. Whatever it is, that is the mentality you have to have at Texas. There is a target on you all the time. You are being hunted, but you have to flip it psychologically and become the hunter, embrace that, uh, that mentality, and it seems like he has. So Quinn Wick is now what we're calling him. Now, hopefully he's <laughs> got that mentality, man, just taking guys out. Last man standing,
0: Be yeah. Quinn Wick. Quinn Wick and I know on your (laughs) show with uh, Mike Harts in the afternoons here in Austin, uh, at times last year and throughout the two years, you've 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 taken to calling Coach Sark, Coach Stephen,
2: because there's been
0: something that for fans and I think it's fair uh, because he's you know the game plans the script everything is great but the fourth quarters have not been great uh, in two Mm -hmm. years and and you know Sarkus talked about this as a team on the on a mission. Yep. To make up for the fourth quarter, they 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 he says they screwed up. They know they screwed up, himself and the players in the Texas Tech game, in the mm-hmm. Oklahoma State game, even the TCU game was winnable into the second half. Um, you know Alabama. I mean, those are games you got to finish. Those are finish. games you got to. And yeah. you were at Texas at a time in the early two thousands when that was also a challenge. Like right? you guys were winning a lot of games. You were you were you're building where Mack Brown was was stacking good players on top of each other. So practices were competitive. And there's some similarity to that. But you got to learn how to win. you got to learn how to finish football games from Sark on down.
1: It's crazy. You probably have gone through this stat because Mike Craven does a great job. He does. I'm a big fan of Mike, and uh, you guys do a good job on this podcast. But I might have missed if you brought the stat about Texas Tech and Joey McGuire. Joe, me the money. Joe, me the money. How they went for more more on fourth down than any team in the country. Yes, sir. Uh, Potentially maybe any team in college football history, at least since 2009. They went for it 52 times on fourth down against Texas, 6 of 8, as we all remember. Right, And we thought that was isolated to Texas. Turns out, no, no. He was thinking about how to give his team an advantage. He was like, how can I give my team an advantage? How can I go out there and help my team win a game? Because at Texas Tech, nothing against Tech fans, you are at a disadvantage in a lot of ways. Roster, makeup, different things, resources, all that. But to give your team an advantage, you got to gamble. That's all he did. He just gambled out there. And the stats say, basically, if you go look at the fourth down conversions by Joe Me the Money, all right, They extended drives. That led to 129 points. Yep. And when they had turnover downs, they failed. It led to 44 points. So we do the math. That's an 85-point profit. Six and a half points per game. Did you look at their record, that eight and five record? They beat Texas in overtime by three points, beat Iowa State by four points, beat OU in overtime by three points, beat U of H by three. My point being this with Sark. Give me the game where Sark schematically won his team a game. Not yet. I would say K-State last year when he went wildcat the whole damn time.
0: And the Baylor game. Uh, I think the Baylor game at the see, end of last to me, year, he just, he just saddled up the run exactly. game and that's, finally that's, figured that's it out. That's
1: common sense. I don't know if that's you yeah, going right. out of your way to give your team a tactical, schematic, strategic advantage. That's what I need from Sark. Uh, last year, Sark's teams outscored uh, his opponents in, in quarters one through three by 179 points. 179 points. But in the fourth quarter, outscored by 12 points in the fourth quarter. So what does that tell you? That tells you that Sark is winning the, the battle of game plan and preparation, but losing the battle of adjustments. And that's a chess match within the game. That's football. Your your preparation and game plan as great as it is. Sark's probably the best in the country. It's only gonna last you about a quarter. After that, it wears down. After that, it's you matching with or outwitting your opponent on the other sideline. And at times, Sark is being outwitted. And he's not matching wits with the opponent on the sideline.
0: And I don't think he that's, panics, but no, no. I do think I do think there is a a fair point. He's got Paul Chris now, you know, oh, looking over his shoulder. Maybe yep. he can help him. He, he does. I mean, it. You know, that's a big job at Texas when you're, um, you know, running everything, calling plays, building offense. You know, running the recruiting. And he weekend. said he likes to do everything. He I said he that.
1: He said I, I want him my hands and everything. I heard you guys on the morning show. Yeah, playing.
0: man, he takes it yeah. all. But sometimes when it comes down to the fourth quarter. You played for Mac Brown. You need a CEO that can delegate and understand that maybe some people I just I'm just coaching the team, make sure our, our mentality, our emotions are right let everybody else handle some things. You wonder if Sark is at some point going to give up some of that or will be forced to give up some of that.
1: And maybe, like you said, maybe that's why you bring in DePaul Chris, Joe D. Camilla's, uh, you know, uh, Payam Sadat, I think is the other special yeah. assistant. He brought in more special assistants. This One year. for like, each,
0: each phase. Yeah,
1: exactly. He's like, it he worked really well last year with defense. Hell, why don't I give every phase? So I like that. Every phase having their own special assistant. For Sark, what I want, what I want him to do, with paul chris is get with paul chris and say paul chris maybe like i got my game plan in preparation so there there are multiple ways you can approach this he he does game plan and preparation all week long right so he doesn't even actually need to even call those plays in my opinion you actually can let somebody else call those plays you you're going through the script all week you're practicing script everybody knows those plays the problem you get is when you're off script when you got to go improvise as a coach when your script doesn't work which is rare for sark i would ask sark let Somebody else call the plays, whether that be, hell, you can let your off, uh, offensive coordinator do. A.J.
0: Milwey or uh, Kyle Flood.
1: you can let Kyle Flood do it. And then you spend those two quarters in between, because basically that'll be the first quarter, trying to psychoanalyze what the opposing coach is doing and trying to anticipate adjustments and come up with creative counters yeah. for the fourth quarter. You just basically are getting ready for the fourth quarter. All right, and you can, as I said, you can still take over play calling once your script is done if you want to. But you, there's something off. There's something disconnected. In in game, the creativity, right, and the ingenuity we see to start the game is not the creativity and ingenuity we see to end the game. He's losing it somehow. It's like, is it writer's block? Like, what's happening? Why? I always say play the hits. Why does he play the hits? How many times we see Sark with a play in the first quarter that's amazing? We go, that was an amazing play. Everybody was fooled. It was great. Moving parts, motion, all these shifts. I love it. And then we never see it again. Like Sark, bring it back. See if they learn how to defend it. If they did, great. If they don't, you got well, them again. Well, and that's the
0: beauty of a Sark great play. There are seven, five options on every play. Yes! Just because they stopped the one thing doesn't mean there's not another one. I totally agree. Run it again. I don't. I said, run it again.
1: He's like, he doesn't want to do that. He's like, no, no, I, I, that was my one baby. Uh, I'll play. I'll, I'll use that again another time. He's like, no, play the hits, brother.
0: Well, and I do think, and I'll give, I'll defend Sark, Coach Steven, on this, I do think he's intuitive enough, he's, he's thoughtful enough that he's thinking about these things. I think the I numbers agree. you have, I bet he knows – Oh, yeah. In his sleep, right? No he's, he's thinking about it. He's like, man, no how am question. I letting these games get away? And the fact that he talks about the fourth quarters, they got to get better, and he's telling us, we're, we are we blew him. Mm-hmm. He's not saying the players. He's not saying they did it. He's saying, you know, Bijan fumbled in overtime at Tech, or, you know, Quinn had a bad game. Now, you know, I think Sarks probably should have. I was at the Oklahoma State game. I probably think Hudson Card should have played in that game. I agree with Quinn you. was off the whole day, uh, and the wind was howling. He'd never played in that stadium
1: your hand. Now we know it too.
0: Yeah, I, I <laughs> probably would have gone to Hudson and win that because I, I, mean, I think Sarkis, you know I think he's trying to build this in his vision of where it's going. But I think he's realizing now, screw the uh, d- the uh, design points, the, the style points, win the game, win the game, win the game. Yeah. To your point of Joey Maguire.
1: which is what he did at the uh, in the Baylor game.
0: That's right. Win and the game. He's
1: like, you know what? Screw my offense. It, it, Run, ain't, win it the doesn't games. look sexy. I'm just going to win the damn
0: game. Well, we could go on and on about those topics with our buddy Rod Babers, who's in the house, and can't thank him enough. He also has his own podcast that is must listen radio, the Longhorn Blitz podcast with Jeff Howe and Matt Butler, that drops every week. It's been going on for a long time. It's the, I think it's the goat of uh, Texas football podcasts. We're only trying to Appreciate be there, that. but uh, Rod giving us a few segment or a segment here uh, to talk about. Let me let me talk about the DB room in specific while Ooh, we have you. Let's do it. Because you're a DB, played corner. I think it's one of the most improved areas of the team, uh, just on depth. Mm-hmm. Young guys growing up, a Terrence Brooks or a Jalen Gilbo or a you know, Jade Barron and Jaron Thompson really becoming veterans. And you add Jalen Catalan and Gavin Holmes and Ryan Watts a year ago. Give me your thoughts. You played on some great DB in some great DB rooms at Texas. Where do you rank it on the pecking order of, of strengths of the Texas football team, uh, well, the DBs?
1: I, it's crazy because they didn't get any preseason Big 12 recognition. No. None of the Texas DBs got any love. And I think the, the one that jumps out to me, if I can pick one player. Now, I, I'm not talking about Jalen Catalan because he actually, you know, wasn't on the team last season, but he's an acquisition, so we'll get into him. But J.J. Barron, man. I, Playmaker. Oh, when I watch him play. I, let me just tell you, like, my personal experience watching God Barron. I'll give you a stat first. I did a deep dive on this. He had 11 and a half tackles for loss this year. 11 and a half. Do you know that he's the first Texas DB that I found in the history of the program to lead the team in tackles for loss? Oh. No Texas DB has ever done it. No, tech- I went back and looked at how often Texas DBs were able to get double-digit tackles for loss. Michael Huff did it twice. It doesn't happen a lot. I think it's happened like six times in the whole program's history that I found. And the last time a DB had 11 and a half, at least 11 and a half tackles for loss, you got to go back to 1978. I think it was Ricky Churchman. Oh, Way before. Wow. Long time. So, just showing how aggressive this guy is. We're talking about a passing era they were living in. I, 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 I was... You know, when I was in the NFL, talked to Dre Bly. Dre Bly was one of my heroes. Mac Brown told me I was going to be the next Dre Bly, which was a lie because Dre Bly's hands were amazing. Caught everything. So I was not the guy. But Dre Bly taught me about being a football investigator. One of the greatest lessons I've learned about football. Basically, you are a football investigator, and there are clues all around you. And you got a bunch of them pre-snap. They always say quarterbacks say pre-snap reads, but so do DBs, right? The, the alignment. Uh, the you know, down in distance, the formation, the personnel package, all those different things, right? Tons of different clues and hits you're getting. And you've got about 30 seconds to diagnose it and figure out, all right, I'm going to narrow down the ways a team can exploit me to about three or four plays based on my film study, based on my preparation, based on all that, all the clues that I'm gathering. I'm a football investigator. And once you narrow down those two or three or four plays that they can run on you and they're going to try to exploit you with, some guys, once they have the post-snap diagnosis and the post-snap read, they immediately believe what they see. They believe it like they and they, There's no doubt in their mind. They believe it and they're going. That was not me. I played with guys like that. I played <laughs> with Nathan. Nathan Basher was that. Nathan Vasher saw he's like, oh, they run double slant here. I'm, I'm I'm picking this double slant off to the house. I would see the double slant and go. They're running double slant here. I gotta get the upfield shoulder to make sure I'm in the right position because I don't want to give up the big play. I played with fear. I had fear. And there had nothing wrong with that. I had a healthy sense of fear because I didn't want to give up the big play and get cussed out by Casey Hampton on the sideline. <laughs> but some guys don't play with that fear. It's not ingrained in them at all. They have no fear. All they see is their, the, the evidence of their film study, and then it's confirmed in the post-snap, and they go. Sure. That's Jaday Yeah, He go. That's why he's dead so fast. It's like, how did he read that screen so fast? football investigator and he believes everything he sees which is good but next year they will be hitting him with double moves and hitching goals and slanting goes and you're stupid if you don't because he's so damn aggressive well, i gotta see if he's what? disciplined with you, that
0: aggression and i heard him at big 12 media days he's one of the five longhorns who were up there and, and asked about the 11 and a half tackles for loss and all the big plays he made he's, he gave credit to pk he said mm-hmm. pk put me in great position well that's a humble kid, right? He did, he, he, he did a lot of work on that. That Man. was to that's everything you just said. That. You can see it. Well, I mean, in baseball, uh, you know, you, that's tipping pitches, right? You're looking for something. You're looking for a pitcher telling you what's mm-hmm. coming or the way they've shifted the outfield or the infield. They're telling you things. Same There's thing. clues out there. are yeah. clues. they are clues, and it, you're just looking for an advantage. You're looking for your advantage because everything happens so fast. So, uh, Jade Barron. Jalen Catalan, you got uh, you know Jaron Thompson in the back. Keaton Crawford bringing his speed to safety. I know that was a big yeah. push last year. Sark wanted more because they were so slow as far as DBs go in the safety position. Oh,
1: yeah. remember Will Howard ran away from him <laughs> yeah. in that case. They came so they wanted more speed there.
0: Now? And yeah. you wonder if a guy like Keaton Crawford can really become an impact player as he starts to trust what he's saying more and more. Such a great athlete.
1: He is. And I wonder, you know, they believe now they got three starting safeties, right? they got Jalen Catalan who's got NFL skill set. He's fantastic. I would play him more in the open, like, basically as a center fielder. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have him in the box as much because he gets banged up. And he's small. And he's small. I try to keep him, you know what I mean, as a center fielder. But, you know, they, they're going to use him in a lot of ways. Keaton Crawford, they saying he's demanding starting reps now. And, of course, you got the elder statesman, Jaron Thompson, been in the secondary longer than any of these guys. And I think that Texas this year, maybe, because we don't necessarily know who the starting linebacker is going to be, opposite Jalen Ford. We like the young kid, uh, Anthony – what's his name? The young linebacker. Oh, Anthony Hill. Hill. Will, Anthony Hill, thank Den you. Den Ryan, yeah. He's going to be the one probably coming off the edge. They're going to try to, you know, uh, Michael expect, Parsons yes, him a little bit. Yes, kind of expedite development. Yes, multifunctional too. Um, but I wouldn't doubt if you saw some, some dime package this year. Didn't see a lot of dime, which is six DBs last year. Everybody in the Big 12 is playing the three high, three down, which gives – Sark all types of trouble. You see TCU running. You see Iowa State popularized it. Hell, Texas Tech's even running a lot of it, too. Oklahoma State. Texas only ran it, I think, in one game I saw last year. It was against Texas Tech. I wouldn't doubt there are some situations this year that they would trust their three safeties because they know Jaron Thompson can come down and bang in the box. They trust Jaron Catalan to do that, too. And they may go three safeties if they don't trust those linebackers enough. To get the job done. And think about your you got your day Baron playing in a nickel and you trust Ryan Watts. The other question is who's going to be that field corner? That's kind of the big question mark in the secondary. Every other place, every other place, they are solid all across the board. Well, and I
0: want to ask you about that second spot. Yeah. But give me your thoughts on Ryan Watts in year one as the boundary corner. Big guy. Yeah. Plays that short side, is physical, he can take that that side away. What'd you see from him in year one?
1: Loved it. They he's he's not he's great at the line of scrimmage, but he's not great downfield on the route tree. So basically once you get Downfield on him. That's what I think. He doesn't have loose hips so he doesn't turn as well, doesn't get out of his breaks as well, but he's so physical with line of scrimmage, there's a good chance the quarterback has moved on in his progression if he is really effective rerouting the right receiver, and that's why they like him on that boundary side. They don't give him a lot of help, so that's why you know they depend on him to really reroute and take away the receiver initially and force that quarterback to go through progressions, like get away from that boundary side and go somewhere else. But if that boundary side is the late read or it's the third or the fourth read and that quarterback gets through the progression, that's where I worry about Ryan Watts because I don't think down field he's great michael griffin says he needs to play a safety yeah. and i wouldn't doubt in the league he, he is plays a
0: safety a yeah, big guy 62 yeah. long arms uh mm-hmm. so if that so if you're that believable you believe that much about the the the, the three safeties or two and the star and mm-hmm. then one corner so now you're only this is one of the things people like about texas this year is the depth and the competition at each yeah, position man. if you're looking for one corner you're talking about uh, you know, Terrence J- Brooks. Brooks, who I, we saw at the against Washington in the yep. ballgame, really aggressive, mm-hmm. played a good game. Uh, you're talking about an Austin Jordan who got some time last year. Gavin Holmes, the Wake Forest the Wake transfer Forest. is over there fighting play. for it. Jalen Gilbo, even though he's more of a star and a safety, they think he has corner skills sometimes.
1: But that may work out. They have to, if the other guys don't work out, Jaday Barron's your other answer. Yeah, right. And you move him out there if you trust that either a, a Jalen Catalan can come in and be a nickel or you like Gilbo's. You know, development so far, so they got options.
3: And the Gavin Holmes
0: one, kind of like Catlin, we just haven't seen him, but he started for two seasons in the ACC. He's awesome. Already a very one of the fastest players on the team. He's legit. So this really can go from what I think was a bit of a weakness last year, especially when they started to take some injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gil- Gil- Gilbo got hurt, and uh, you know, all of a sudden you got Michael Taff on the field as a as a freshman <laughs> trying to figure. Uh, hey, Taff Daddy, man. You love Taff, man. Hey,
1: you don't get you don't get <laughs> not for Taff Daddy.
0: You no, know. <laughs> well, he's changing his name, his number to sixteen. He's, oh, ju- he? he's joining an arch. He's the defensive 16 now. <laughs> okay. Now it's also a tribute to a former Westlake teammate who died in a car accident. Oh, okay. But uh, it, it's also Arch's number. So there you he, go. Yeah, they're, I think they're really close. They're BFS, man. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're BFFs.
1: Is he got the scholarship yet?
0: No, he did. Remember they, they gave it it to him, to him, him last okay. I'm
1: about to say that he he earned that scholarship. He earned
0: it. <laughs> he earned it. All right, Broad Babers, uh, man. We go on and on, but uh, uh, DB's a strength, right? I think mean, defensive tech. T- and, and the other thing I think you will say about the defense, I listen to you so much about your 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 uh, uh, football terminology and your football uh, breaking down of of teams, the the center of the Texas defense. The central nervous system. Central nervous system. It's strong. Defensive tackle strong. Yep. Jalen Ford, preseason defensive player of the year. He just talked about safeties. That's usually the foundation of a pretty good defense when you're solid up the middle.
1: Yeah, because the D tackles, that gives you a numbers advantage because you want guys there to demand a double team, right? And football is just a numbers game most rudimentary level. You're just trying to get numbers advantages inside, outside. They allow you to win the numbers advantage because they're going to double team hopefully a Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat. So we win the numbers advantage up there and then we talk about the central nervous system on the back end. It's all about communication. That's why football IQ is big for Sark, right? Because we need the safeties and the linebacks to be able to communicate the defense to everybody else there. And I love that Jaron Thompson his senior statesman is going to be helping the young safeties out. He'll get them lined up. He'll get everybody in the right place. Your only weakness right now in the secondary is that field corner. By the way, ask the Cowboys about it. The Cowboys had it a top hurts. five defense and had a had a a hole, right? A black hole in that defense because opposite the cornerback position, opposite Trevon Diggs, was a liability. They went through like six different corners to fill that spot and decided, you know what, we got to trade for Stefan Gilmore. No matter how good your defense is, my mother Shannon always said this: they don't have eleven dogs. They ain't got eleven elite players. There is a weakness on that defense. They can't help it. Yeah. Everybody's got one. You just got to find it. Find if it. Texas. It's that boundary. It's that outside corner.
0: Unless a corner. guy like Gavin Holmes or, or, or Terrence Merge, Brooks. Or Terrence I like Brooks. Terrence
1: Brooks. I think he's going to be the guy.
0: Yeah. I do. Well, he and Ryan Watts went to the same high school a couple years apart, but they're, they're good buddies. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah. Trying uh, to steal the DB high yeah, time from Houston <laughs> Lamar, see, huh? That's right. I see that. Huh? Uh, yeah. Well, I remember, Ryan Watts <laughs> transferred from Ohio State, and Brooks was committed to Ohio State on signing day and flipped.
1: Hey, Anytime you get a player from Ohio State, do you it. Do it,
0: baby. <laughs> uh, Rod, real quick, some rapid fire, and we'll let you get home. I know you just did no, a, no. a long radio show. Uh, your favorite DB of all time is primetime.
1: Day. that's why I wore number 21. I'm supposed to have number two, but Tim Brewster, he sold me a bill of goods. That's my dog. I love him. Now.
0: <laughs> anybody, who's next? I mean, for primetime, it's probably most everybody of your age that, yeah, that saw primetime. Is there another oh, one?
1: Oh, man, that is good. Uh, Rod Wilson has got to be in there, man. Rod Wilson was awesome. Off to that corner, then switched to safety late in his career. Charles Wilson. How did you not say Charles Wilson, man?
0: Yeah, Heisman, baby.
1: Charles Wilson was so swag, man. One wasn't the highest, but he was. Just, I don't think yeah, that He was played a cool... 20
0: years in the pros.
1: Yeah, and then, like, he switched to, like, from safety, sorry, from corner to safety to nickel, played nickel at the end of his career. I don't know if there's a more versatile DB, honestly, in the history of the NFL than Darren uh, and sorry, and Payton Wilson. And beat Peyton
0: for the Heisman. Who beats Peyton Manning for the Heisman Trophy?
1: What? Charles B. B. Wilson. And yeah. you know what? Nobody, nobody talks Isshon that either. Everybody's like, nah, nah, nah that's Charles Wilson. do be talking Wilson. He was man.
0: dude. He's a dude. Who's the best DB you ever played with? College. College DB. Damn. It's impossible. I, play, I know.
1: I played with Huff and Grip, but they weren't they weren't mature just yet i mean huff blew up the year i left he o2 he was still a good player nasty nate nathan Vash was yeah, just yeah man he he i mean he it was so he had no fear at all and he had football instincts that he came in as a receiver out of high school he had football instincts that were just otherworldly i just i never been around a guy that could play the game like nasty as natural as he did he was that's the best db i ever played with it was
0: best uh wide receiver you faced in college you had to cover
1: I just I played a couple of first rounders. Oh, you know I'm just saying a lot about this. Um, <laughs> I didn't—I didn't face him, but I wish I did. We got beat by Texas Tech in 2002. Uh, everybody got hurt that game. Derek Johnson gets hurt. Nathan and Mark—we had like four starters go down that game, and we had, like I said, Nathan Vasher went down. And Wes Welker oh. lit us up. That was a Wes Welker coming out party. Yeah, man. And to this day, I was playing outside. I was playing the outside corner. And they just ignored me for the most part. I was in all big 12 corner. I was, I was considered pretty much a badass. And I should have demanded. And Jade, Jade Barron did this this past season. He went over to the defensive coach and said, I'll play the I'll, I'll play the, uh, the, the, the the corner spot. I'll go out there and play it. And he played it because Ryan Watts went down. That's right. He went out there and demanded. He's like, nah, we're getting eaten alive. Put me out there. I'll stop the bleeding, and I should have went over there to Coach Aquina. he let me do it. I said, Coach Kina, I got him. I'm taking Welker. I'll take the slot. I got it. I know all the assignments. I, I'm my best chance. Will I get cooked? I don't think so, but it is Wes Welker. Less than we <laughs> are <laughs> now. Less than <laughs> we are now. In retrospect, I'm like, well, it was Welker. He could have dropped my draft stock a little bit. They're cooking you, boy, but I would have had a better shot at it, and I should have did it. I'm the reason that we fell short in that game. That should have been Rob B. man. I should have stepped up, and I didn't. That still haunts me to this day. So mm-hmm. that's not my best receiver. That's the the one I should have. That's that, the one that, that you hang. Yeah. That's you hold one. in your heart yeah, there. Yeah, it is,
0: man. Uh, so when you, you left Texas with a ton of talent. There were young guys coming. When you got to your first NFL full-speed training camp, what were your thoughts?
1: <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember thinking to myself that, holy ish, I'm not – like top dog on the food chain, athletic. Even when I got to Texas, I was still athletic. I was like, I can go with anybody. I can run with anybody. I can... Everybody had my level or better of freakish athleticism. It was, you know, what I mean, like that. in Texas, like I said, we we're recruiting the top level athletes. I played with Roy, Roy Williams, and Quentin Jammer, great players, high picks in the NFL. But I could hold my own when you get to the league. That's the ba- I'm the base level. Oh, yeah. I was the I was the base level of athleticism, and I was like, I was a freak everywhere I went. But I was the base level like And they got, I mean. It's, a, it's an unbelievable league of X Men. It's just <laughs> superhumans at, at every position.
0: And, and your eyes open real fast.
1: Yeah. And, but, but this is the crazy part about it. I know we're we going no. long. Crazy no, no, part about it is No, perfect. That. Those are not the guys that was the most impressive to me. Like I said, I, I remember Dre Bly, love handles, probably ran a 6 5' by the time <laughs> I got there. Love Bliss. And now he's coaching for the Lions. There he is. He's back coaching the Lions. And I love Bliss. I used to watch Dre Bly, four, six and love handles and all. And that had a little, little pudgy belly. Like, he just wasn't cut. One of, one of the best DBs I ever played with in my life and taught me a lot about the game. I would watch him cover Randy Moss on a post route. And be and, and run with him stride for stride. I think to myself, this is not possible. Yeah. Randy Moss was a four two. I know. I blaze. I'm sure he says he run at four four. But still, it ain't possible. He shouldn't be able to run with Randy Moss stride for stride. But the mental part of the game, if you can let have your mental acumen and your men, your football IQ increase as your physical skills deteriorate, that's that's how you become a professional in the league. That's how you last more than three and a half, four years. That's how you get a second contract. Because your skills, Father Time is coming for us all as we know he's undefeated or she is undefeated. But if you can just you wanna you wanna fight for the time off for a little while, that that's how you do it. Your this right here, the football IQ. I play with a lot of guys. They didn't, but once their third, fourth, fifth year in the league, they didn't have the physical skills they once had. But they were always ahead of the game, and they were still quick to diagnose plays. And sometimes they would be. They tell me, "Man, I'm better now." At breaking on routes than I was when I was a youngster. Not because of my physical skills, because now I see it. Yeah, I already know the route combination before it's coming.
0: You've seen it so many times. Seen it so many times. You've you so almost perfected the the craft. Yeah, uh, and then you know, for somebody like yourself, injuries catch up to you. you got to nah. stay healthy. You got to be able to stay healthy. Hey man, they didn't have you the, the wedge. shoulder.
1: I had the wedge. I got hurt on the wedge, man, going down to break up a wedge with three hundred pound dudes' arms interlocked. That was legal. You back run then. into it, and and coach that was that was the coaching. What's, what's my technique here, coach? I want you to split them. <laughs> Run right into them. Run em. right into them and split them. And if you can't split them, I need to blow it up. That was my job.
0: <laughs> at 180 uh, pounds. Up.
1: Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll do my job. <laughs> probably should have thought a little bit more yeah, about that.
0: Reckless. Uh, <laughs> was Randy Moss the best freak you ever saw as a receiver? Uh, or is th- there someone else?
1: Yeah. Randy Moss is probably it. Because in that division, I got to see Randy a little bit. And uh, Soterell Owens, up close and personal, he is also one. And Steve Smith.
0: Oh man, C.
1: Smith, tenacious. I, I don't think I've ever seen a guy faster than C. Smith on a football field. He and, he had and, gears and a guy on top fight you gears, and he had a yeah trash talk you. C. <laughs> Smith was he was a
0: beast man. Hey, Rod, thanks, buddy. Anytime, Awesome brother. stuff. Uh, Anytime. Listen to Rod every single day on uh, Ball Don't Lie, every afternoon on The Horn. And, of course, you can find that Longhorn Blitz podcast wherever you find podcasts. Jeff Howe and our buddy Matt Butler. It's always great stuff. Uh, we're trying to keep up with them. They do an amazing job. We're just joining that uh, that uh, that bar that we're trying to get to with all appreciate the Eyes you, on Texas Multicast. Thank you, Rod.
1: Thank you, brother. Anytime.
0: Hook them. Hook them. All right, appreciate Rod Babers more than we can say. Our first quarter always... Uh, Closed on time by our man Carlos Carrion, the Texas Mortgage Guy, and he's online as you would uh, be appropriate. The Texas Mortgage When it's time for a new mortgage or a refi, it's always better to work with an expert in the field. You want that first and foremost, which Carlos is, but you also want one that's a dialer hard longhorn fan like you. If you're watching the Eyes on Texas Multicast, you're probably a huge fan like he is. Uh, he listens every week and he's a great partner of ours. Uh, it just makes sense uh, to work with, with like minded people uh, who know what they're doing, knowing the business. They're going to walk you through it. You'll feel comfortable from the jump. To to ask questions and, and be, be curious about things if you're not sure. That's my friend Carlos Carrion, TheTexasMortgageGuy.com Born and raised in Austin, Texas Diehard Longhorn fan Graduated from St. Edwards like I did but he always tells me that's because he couldn't have couldn't made it on the UT baseball team. He had to go play at St. Ed's if he wanted to play ball, uh, but loves the Longhorns. Going on to a decade in the industry, he's not here to just provide you with a quote on that refi or a mortgage. He's your guide to help solve problems and strategize one of the most important financial decisions you'll make in your life. Great communication, fast response times, and easy to find. Carlos, just go to the website, thetexasmortgageguy.com, The TexasMortgageGuy.com. Don't forget the the. That's important. Uh, And direct you to the wrong spot. You want to be the TexasMortgageGuy.com. Our buddy Carlos Carrion. Can't thank him enough. All right, it's time for our second quarter, and that's always delivered by the Good Times and Incredible Scratch Comfort Food at Hayes City Store and Ice House, an absolute destination location in Driftwood, Texas. Tell you more about them coming up. But second quarter, hard to follow up that Rod Babers first quarter. That was pretty great stuff. All-time stuff here for the Eyes on Texas Multicast. Talking DBU, uh, DBs at Texas, and uh, pretty good. Pretty good stuff there with uh, with Rod B. Nolan. I mean, yeah. uh, guy, guy was a baller.
3: Oh, Absolutely. I mean, he he really like embe- embodies the DBU, Texas, just He was at
0: Texas before they went off to win national championships, but he was a part of the beginning of that, and it's a pretty incredible uh, guy to watch. I mean, he Uh, wasn't
3: lying either. When he says he was top dog when it comes to physicality, and you go look up a picture of him when he was at Texas, he was shredded.
0: Uh, he, Rod didn't have a six pack because he would wear that. He would tie that thing up. He had twelve pack. I mean, maybe sixteen pack of Bud Light. It was unbelievable. Okay, uh, let's. You know, Mike Craven is out today. He's down covering uh, the Texas High School Coaches Convention for Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Uh, he's also going to be at American Athletic Conference Media Days up in the Metroplex. Speaking of Media Days, we've got coverage of SEC Media Days, which started today. There's some breaking news from that, which we'll get to in the multicast. Also, we'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian from that coaches' school coming up at our halftime and in our fourth quarter. And we'll also get our spicy hot takes coming up with uh, our man Nolan here. But let's hear from Mike Craven because we don't have him tonight, but we had him last Friday on the morning show on the Horn, Horn FM, Bucky and myself, and uh, some, some cuts from Craven, uh, what he took away. Mike is a very – Intellectual guy, observant guy. Is he watching the room, studying the room. So I wanted to have him on last Friday after the media days wrapped up Wednesday, Thursday, and I asked him. We just heard from uh, from you know Rod ba- Baber's biggest takeaway was the confidence of the Texas players and Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, How about Steve Sarkeesian confidence uh, just exuded from him uh, over two days in Arlington?
4: Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a few times. I mean, I think we both agree that the maturity of the quarterback and the head coach is going to be the dictating factor of how this season goes, because they're they're clearly the most talented team. And what what I've enjoyed about Sark through the spring and then, you know, at media days over the last couple of days was the confidence, like he's Mm -hmm. not running from the expectations. They're not going to pretend like oh yeah we're going to try our best and you know hopefully sure. that that's good enough no like we are the most talented team if we do what we're supposed to do each and every saturday we're going to have a chance to play for this conference title it's up to us uh, to live up to that hype and i i think that's the point right like texas is as good or not or better than every single team on their on their schedule and that that's including alabama in my opinion but you know, Sark's never won 10 games. He's never won a conference title. Nobody on this roster has ever done anything like that. Texas has had uh, the tension of, of, of messing up one of these games or two of these games that they're supposed to win in the second half or in the fourth quarter during his tenure. They're going to have to be steady Eddie. They're going to have to do this week in week out and take Kansas as seriously as they take Oklahoma. Uh, we're going to have to figure that out. Like, I don't think anybody knows that for sure. We think that they've turned that corner. I think he's getting more mature and growing up and becoming, you know, a better head coach and more of a CEO. Uh, but we'll have to find that out in week seven, week eight, when we start seeing how they're handling the adversity, because it's going to come. Like, sure. It's not going to just be easy, right? And so how they handle that, I think, is going to define Texas a season and probably how we think about Texas as they move into the SEC.
0: Also for Mike Craven in our second quarter, brought to you by Hayes City Store and Ice House. Kansas State, you know, I, I got to think they were, felt a little disrespected being there. Uh, they are the defending champions in the Big 12. They won it last year with that incredible goal line stand in the overtime against TCU. They bring back their their quarterback, their whole offensive line. They have the newcomer of the year in the preseason playing running back to replace Deuce Vaughn, who's now a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, but he comes in from Florida State where he's looking to be a, a big-time player. Uh, and Chris Kleiman, Chris Kleiman won five Division two national championships at North Dakota State. He already has won a Big 12 championship and built this program in his own image. Uh, Let's hear Mike Craven's thoughts after uh, seeing and and getting up close with the K-State Wildcats at Big 12 Media Days.
4: Yeah, I think Kansas State's like my favorite football team in the Big 12 just because I know what they are. Yeah. Like nothing surprises Kansas State. Like they do the thing they say that they're going to do, and they do it really well. You know, it's not flashy. uh, It's not going to be the most fun. 60 minutes of your life when you play against Kansas State, and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get you in a dogfight and trying to drag you into deep waters, and they're going to drown you. And I think Chris Kleiman is the best coach in the Big 12. He's at least the most proven coach in the Big 12, Uh, and he's just another example. I think Jeff Trailer, Joey McGuire are these guys as well. You don't have to have this major big-time success at the FBS level to prove that you're a head coach. Like If you can be a head coach and you can win, at the high school level, at the D2 level, at the FCS level, like being a head coach is being a head coach. And and the guys who know how to run programs and know how to acquire talent and know how to put together staffs and and establish a culture, like those guys win at every single level. And he does that at Kansas State. He's done it at Kansas State. And when you look at those top five teams, right, and you go through the roster, Kansas State's not one of the top five most talented teams in the Big 12. But we all assume – that they're going to be right there at the end of those things because they're talented where you, where it counts and they play really good football and they're deep. And, and, you know, in college football, that goes a lot. If we look at 2021, we look at 2022, it hasn't been the most talented teams in the big 12 that have won it. It's been, you know, the most together teams, the most experienced teams and the toughest teams And Kansas state checks all those boxes.
0: All right. So you have Texas and K state as the favorites in the big 12. We knew that going into media days, uh, Texas tech, A lot of confidence, right? They come off an eight-win season. They beat Texas. They beat Oklahoma. They beat Ole Miss in a bowl game. Won their last four games. Tyler Shuck, their quarterback, you'll hear Mike Craven, I think, talk about this. When he starts and finishes a game and doesn't get hurt, he's undefeated as a starting quarterback. What does Mike come away with uh, out of Arlington on the Texas Tech Red Raiders? Joey McGuire in year two.
4: Yeah, I mean, they bring back all five offensive starters, plus they add two transfers that that played for Zach Kitley at an all-conference level at Western Kentucky. So, you know, that's obviously a jump up, but, you know, they feel like they have seven or eight offensive linemen. And when's the last time Texas Tech had seven or eight offensive linemen that they thought could really play? And then you move on to the defensive line, and they have the best two pair of defensive tackles in the Big 12. I mean, you know, no disrespect to to Devondre Sweat and Byron Vaughn, uh, but – or Byron Murphy – uh, but Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford are, are all conference guys. They're super seniors. They're 23, 24 years old. They're grown men. They they've played Big 12 football before. They're not the biggest, you know. They're not going to be first round draft picks, uh, but they're excellent football players. I think that's what gives McGuire the uh, the confidence that the defensive line is better. They don't have a superstar. Uh, but he thinks those two defensive tackles give them a chance to, to do a lot of things defensively. So, you know, that offense is going to score points. Zach Kittley scored points since he was at Houston Baptist Colin plays, right? Like, that, that's just what he does. Um, it's going to be about the defense and how well they can they can play. Last year, quietly, they were pretty good. And so if they can stay, you know, middle of the pack to above average defensively and they take another step forward offensively and can keep their quarterback healthy, you know, I think Texas Tech has a chance. Uh, to be a dark horse candidate to win the Big 12. The problem is it feels like everybody thinks that they're the dark horse candidate to win the Big 12. So, like, they're not going to sneak up on anybody. That's going to be different in year two than it was in year one.
0: All right, and lastly, with Mike Craven, uh, up from Big 12 Media Days, and Mike will be back just as soon as he can with us on the multicast. He's he's tasked with work with Dave Campbell's Texas football. But let's talk about Baylor because Baylor is a road game for the Longhorns this year. Uh, Dave Aranda's team's up and down and, of course, won the Big 12 two years ago. Not very good last year. Uh, what did Mike take away from his uh, investigations into the Baylor Bears and Dave Aranda in 2023?
4: Yeah, no doubt. It's an odd number year. And if you go back and look at Baylor over the last 10 or 15 years, they've, they've, they've done randomly really well on odd number years. So, the, you know, they, they got that working for them. You know, I think what's interesting to me about Dave Aranda is how self-reflective he is and how honest he is about mistakes he thinks he's made. And, you know, he's been open about, you know, I didn't attack the portal the way I should have. I thought if I said yes to a kid in the portal, I was saying no to a dude on my roster. And I didn't want to do that. And they they struggled, you know, and, and they struggled, especially on defense. And so, you know, he fired his mentor. Ron Roberts is his dude. And he, and he fired him after the season uh, because they need to get better. They need to get younger. They need to get, you know, new ideas in there. Uh, they went and got Matt Palage from, from Oregon who has history at, at Baylor to kind of freshen up that defense. And so, you know, you go back and you look at 2021 Baylor. They weren't blowing guys out. They weren't scoring 40 points a game. They were winning hard-nosed, close games where they were winning the fourth quarter, playing really good defense coming up with timely, timely turnovers, they have to get back to that. And they hit the portal really, really hard. You know, Byron Bonds, an old Texas name, uh, to come off the edge. Mike Smith, middle linebacker from Liberty, is going to be a day-one starter. And so, you know, he kind of uh, reverse pivoted there, and he thinks that's going to be the difference. What I wonder, though, is I, I think the Big 12 is better top to bottom than it was in 2021 coming out of that pandemic year. And so even if Baylor is better, I don't know what that means. I don't know if they're ready to c- compete at the top. Uh, but somebody outside the top five has, has moved into that top each of the last couple of years, and, and Baylor is as equipped as any anybody else other than the top five to go do that. If Blake Shapen can take that next step.
0: That's our second quarter. Mike Craven's recap of two days of covering Big 12 media days for Dave Campbell's Texas football and, uh, and of course, uh, us here at the Eyes on Texas multicast, powered by Grande Equipment. Our second quarter on the EOT is always delivered by our man, our people at Hayes City Store and Ice House in Driftwood, Texas. Open for business every day, and they're ready to serve you and your family. It's amazing to get out there and see the big groups of people come out for birthday parties and anniversaries, uh, because it is a destination location with that scratch. Comfort food, unbelievable uh, environment. They're open every day, offering seating on their beautiful patio under the canopy of oak trees, their outdoor ice house and sports bar. And, you know, that Scratch Texas comfort food is what people come back for again and again. They've got the, the best ch- chicken fried steak you'll eat anywhere. The wood-fried pizzas of, of all varieties, uh, kind of twelve inches that are just perfect for you and, and maybe one other. Uh, House-ground burgers are to die for. That bacon jam burger is always a huge hit. Truck stop enchiladas. They have fifty-three beers on tap as well. Full bar and both inside and outside. It's uh, eighty-nine eighty-nine FM one fifty in Driftwood, Texas. Hayes City store and ice house. The complete mouth-watering menu is online at Hayes City store. TX.com, that's TX, that's Hay City Store, TX.com. Whether you're in Wimberley, uh, Dripping Springs, Driftwood, uh, Kyle, Texas, Buda, Texas, or coming from wherever, take your friends, take your family, get out to Hay City Store and Ice House. Also, want you to try their new restaurant, Travis and Tamara Tindall. They have Taste on Main, downtown in Buda, a little little bit away from that Hay City Store. Taste on Main in downtown Buda, Main Street. You're going to love it if you love steaks and seafood and the raw boy and the oysters, uh, elegant drinks. It's a great location. But you don't have to go into downtown Austin and, and, and find parking and get in the dark steakhouses. It's a, it's, a, it's a great environment right in downtown Buda. Save yourself some time. Get out there and see them at Taste or Hay City Store and Ice House. All right, time for halftime. Of course, we break the AOT into four quarters, and we do have a halftime. And as we've said, once we get to the football season, we'll have a special guest every week during the season to you know, catch up with a, with a lifetime longhorn, what they're up to now, where they're at, uh, what they're doing. That'll be every uh, halftime segment during the football season. And our halftime is brought to you by Source Gas, your one-stop shop in Central Texas for all your gas products. Uh, we'll tell you more about them coming up. But in our halftime, we're going to hear from Steve Sarkeesian. We've got a couple of elements we're going to hear from Sark because he's been busy. Did his visit to Big 12 Football Media Days last week. Also was down in Houston at the George R. R. Brown Convention Center last night. Well, we record on a Monday night, so Sunday night, uh, with the Texas High School Coaches Convention and their coaches school. Uh, And he was there and and shared a lot of thoughts. He got deep with the Texas High School Coaches. I thought this was a good one. Uh, This is Sark going deep on his roster-building plan when he got to Texas. Obviously, he took over for Tom Herman and. If you know Tom and you know Steve, you know that they have different philosophies on a football roster. Uh, You know, Tom Herman liked big, wide receivers who could win individual battles. Think Colin Johnson or Lil Jordan Humphrey, big, tall receivers. And he liked leaner offensive linemen that could grow into their bodies, was always the Tom Herman idea. Again, everybody's got their own way. Steve Sarkisian, opposite. He wants great big humans coming out of high school. He wants the 300-pounders and plus uh, big humans and speed on the outside. And Sark finally believes he's got that uh, roster where he wants it or going to where he wants it. Let's hear Sark. He explained to the Texas high school coaches the 12,000 or so that were gathered of what his process has been in his mind about building this roster into year three at Texas.
5: Really, no. Um, You know, when I got here – a, I assessed our roster. Okay, what do, we need to, what do we need to do to be the best team we can be? And then what do we need to do to be the best team we can be in the future? And ultimately, um, you know, I, I assessed the college football playoff, and I assessed who were the best teams in the CFP over the last decade. Well, ultimately, the majority of those teams are come from the SEC, so, all right. How do we beat those teams? How do we build a roster to beat those teams? Oh, you got to get big up front. You got to get physical up front. You got to have speed on the perimeter. So, we have been recruiting this way um, since I got here. Uh, nothing has changed in that aspect. It's made it a little easier. Uh, that to to why we do what we do. I think you got to have big humans up front. You got to have speed on the perimeter. You got to have high football intellect. In the middle of your in the middle of your roster, whether it's offense or defense, and ultimately, um, that's what we've tried to do. Um, it's never perfect, but that, that, that's ultimately what we're trying to do.
0: Speaking of those big humans, uh, Sark was asked uh, about his prodigy of a left tackle, Kelvin Banks. Kelvin Banks is from the greater Houston area, uh, so Summer Creek High School down there north of Houston. Uh, So the the high school coaches down there wanted to know his thoughts on on, uh, Kelvin Banks, who was just an immediate starter and really immediately as a freshman, one of the best offensive linemen in the Big 12. Uh, And let's hear Sark talking about the year he had as a freshman and what could be expected of this young guy uh, protecting Quinn Ewer's blind side as a sophomore.
5: Well, I think Kelvin had a great freshman year. You know, he went against—I uh, got to get this right—four first-round draft pick defensive ends. And I'm going to be remiss if I leave somebody out. But I'm going to—I'm going to—I'm going to take a run at it, and then somebody help me along the way, okay? So he went against Will Anderson. He went against Tyree Wilson. He went against Felix the Cat. From from Kansas State, he went against Will McDonald from Iowa State. Zero sacks. So I think the guy's got (laughs) a elite talent and ability, uh, but b the 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 maturity that it takes. You know, I mean, it's it's unique because everybody talks about you have to graduate early, coming out of high school and get there early. He didn't. He came in the summer. And when he arrived in the summer, he continued to work and do what he needed to do. And ultimately, he became a starter. Uh, so I do think this guy's the limit. Uh, he's cut from the right cloth, man. And uh, we're, we're fortunate to have
0: him. And finally, at our halftime segment, it's brought to you by On Source Gas. Uh, or One Source Gas, I should say. On Point Spices are coming up. On so- well, One Source Gas. Uh, Coach Sark weighed in on the future of the 12-team playoff. This is interesting. Everybody wants to know where is this thing going, right? You got four, 14 playoff this year, Texas and Oklahoma are headed to the sec next year, which we'll talk about coming up in our fourth quarter. You also have uh, USC and UCLA going to the big 10. Uh, and then of course the 12 team playoff comes online. And Sark was asked about how he sees this playing out. Is it more fair? Is there more parity to have not just four teams, but 12 teams who can get into that tournament and compete for a championship?
5: Well, I think the future era is gives everybody the best chance, right? Um, the fact that we're going to 12 teams here uh, in a year uh, I think provides opportunity. I don't know how it's all going to work. I don't think anybody knows how it's all going to work. You know, we're, we're going to be in the SEC a year from now. And, and what does a three-loss SEC team look like in a, as it pertains to a 12-team opportunity to be in a playoff? So all all that, you know, nobody really knows. uh, But what what I will say is we're closer to creating parity for everybody. You know, if you go way back in the day when I was a kid in the bowl games and everything was slotted and and so on and so forth, there was no mid-major that ever had a chance to play on New Year's Day, right? I mean, New Year's Day when I was a kid, that was like – that was better than Christmas morning. You know, I get to watch all these games and Rose Bowl parade and all this stuff. And then we adjusted to a two-team playoff and then we adjusted to a four-team playoff. And now we've adjusted to a 12-team playoff a year from now. So it's created more opportunity. Um, but is that the best? I don't know. You know, and I don't think anybody knows what the 12-team playoffs going to look like. really. It looks good on paper, but ultimately people are going to have to make tough decisions. So, um, But I think we're headed in the right direction, quite frankly. All right, there's
0: our halftime. Little Steve Sarkeesian deep dive stuff with the Texas high school coaches over the weekend. Again, we'll have more with Sark coming up in our fourth quarter here on the Eyes on Texas Multicast powered by Grande Equipment. Hey, One Source Gas, though, brings you our halftime segment. They are your compressed gas leader here in Texas and in central Texas. They provide compressed gases such as CO2, nitrogen, oxygen, propane, and many more to various industries in the great state and around central Texas. One Source Gas is your Lead CO2 provider if you're in the service or hospitality industry. We're also serving the medical industry as well and many, many more. One source Gas is locally owned. My buddy Richard Strever and his team, they've been operated uh, in, for 12 years, dozen years here in Central Texas, and have just grown uh, so much. We're in Austin, now they're in San Marcos, into San Antonio, because they serve. They serve their people. They know you need their products to run your business, and you don't want any delays. You don't want any, uh, you know, things to happen, so you don't have your compressed gas. So if you're a bar owner for a restaurant or a dental office, veterinary clinic, and you have a business that needs compressed gas on a daily basis, and you go through it pretty quickly, you're looking for a new, more reliable CO2 or compressed gas provider. You can visit their website, onesourcegasatx.com, onesourcegasatx.com, or call Richard 214-8484. That's 512-214-8484. of their staff members or Richard himself will be glad to help you with your compressed gas needs. Can't go wrong. onesourcegasatx.com. All right, third quarter time, and it's uh, flavored, seasoned, and spiced up by our friends at On Point Spice Company, a local small business started by my guys, James Joseph and Adrian Ruiz. Uh, top quality spice blends that are an absolute must in every home, your pantry, and in your barbecue pit, and we'll tell you about them coming up. But when it's time for our spicy hot takes in college football with within the Longhorns, they're delivered by our digital producer, Nolan Hogan, uh, and they're pretty spicy this week. There were shots fired at Big 12 Football Media Days. Not from media members, not from guys doing talk radio on Radio Row, but from actually the deputy commissioner of the Big 12 and the commissioner of the Big 12 as Texas and Oklahoma enter their final season in the conference.
3: Yeah, so I think last week at the Big 12 uh, Media Days, the, the curtain was kind of pulled back with the feelings it felt from the commissioner and the D.C. Of the, of the conference with a few clips. Well, first I'll start with these pictures. I'll give uh, Griffin the images to put up as a graphic, but this uh, image of Steve Sarkeesian is the probably least flattering photo you could put up there for the the coach. uh, Oh yeah, this was
0: the one that was at, remember, Big 12 Media Days folks are in Jerry World, AT&T Stadium, on the field, massive screen, screen. and you got this huge picture of Steve Sarkeesian looking about as menacing and Unflattering as Sark can look, I would I would agree with you on that. So that that was chosen by the conference.
3: Yeah, that was a specifically chosen uh, <laughs> photo, I would say. And then the next photo I saw that came across my timeline was the last year off the field. Big Twelve was open for business. Since then, the second bullet point on their list: accelerated Texas and OU withdrawal. Not saying that Texas and OU wanted to leave, but. They're accelerating the process here.
0: Um, well, let me say a spicy hot take on that. I think that's good for everybody. And I would, you know, that I, I can't, on the radio and daily, I would say the same. I think it was good for the conference. Because remember, when Texas and Oklahoma announced they were leaving two summers ago, anger, running to the Capitol to have congressional hearings, fighting this, there was real anger. Uh, and I think Brett and Brett, Bob Bowlesby, the outgoing commissioner at the time, was specifically angry, felt like he got stabbed in the back by Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, and Brett Yormick came in and calmed that down. And I think started to present the future to the remaining schools and got aggressive on that and said, look, stop worrying about, we're getting divorced, y'all. Uh, you know, that they, they, if they don't want to be here, we'll figure it out. And I think that is good. Uh, and I give Brett Yormark high marks uh, for, he even admitted this year at Big 12 Media Days, if they hadn't been aggressive with getting the ESPN deal done, that is kind of kind of saved the Big 12 last summer, getting ahead of the media rights, getting that done, it allowed for Texas and Oklahoma to leave on time. It allowed for, because I think everybody involved wanted Texas and Oklahoma to move into the SEC by 2024 for the 12 team playoff uh, for um, you know the 24 season when ESPN takes over the rights to, to ESP or to Southeastern conference football and CBS is done uh, and fall in line with USC and UCLA. So I give Brett Yormark a lot of credit for that. So, the fact that they were trying to accelerate it, I think, is a positive thing, big picture, because, and you could play it as a negative if you want, but I think it's positive because I think the other presidents realized, okay, calm down. They don't, they don't like us anymore. Mm-hmm. They're moving on. Uh, we don't like it, but well, we got to deal with it, and we got to do what's best for us. And I think they hired a visionary and Brett, Brett Yormark, you know, who's come in, and he's really been aggressive to try to you know, salvage what's left, make the Big 12 right there with the ACC as the third conference behind the SEC and the Big Ten, and I think he's done a real good job of that because, look, here we are on uh, the 17th of July, and the Pac-12 still doesn't have a media rights deal. Mm-hmm. They still don't. They have their Big 12 media day, the Pac-12, coming up on Friday. They do one day, and they don't have a media rights deal, and there's no expectation that they're going to be presented with a media rights deal. So be ready, folks. The, 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 the continuing fallout from the Pac-12 demise could be coming. Look for Colorado. Could be Arizona. Name like UConn. Could be joining the Big Twelve. That is not out of the question. That the Big Twelve plans for expansion once Texas and Oklahoma are gone. So starting in 2024, they could add Deion Sanders in Colorado. They could be in the mix for for UConn on the East Coast and possibly Arizona. Keep an eye on that in the coming uh, before football season starts next 50 days.
3: Moving on towards the next few hours on the day, we had uh, Deputy Commissioner Tim Wisner joining in with uh,
0: Tim Wiseguy,
3: Twin Tim Wiseguy, Tim Wiser. he had a very uh, s- s- select um, audio clip.
6: I continue to maintain that the choice Texas made wasn't a financial one because we all know what Texas resources are like. I think theirs was more about affiliating with a group of schools that on a given Saturday they would rather get beat by Alabama than they would Kansas State. <laughs> or. Florida than Iowa State or you know that I think was really what was driving the way they looked out down the road and in Oklahoma's case I'm not as convinced that that was the issue for them I think they were more of what I would call uh, the reluctant bride that kind of felt like wow if we don't go what happens to the Texas OU football game, basketball, you know, all the things that we know from an OU and Texas standpoint are really important. So I kind of felt like if I was in Oklahoma's case, it would have been hard for me not to think about the long term and don't we want to be affiliated with Texas and now these other schools.
0: All right, so uh Tim Wise guy. Mm-hmm. And again, I this guy was not doing a radio show. This was not some shock jock radio guy giving his opinion on Texas. This is the deputy commissioner of the Big 12 Conference. Um, taking a shot at Texas, you know they'd rather lose to Alabama and Florida than K State and Iowa State. That's a direct shot, and it's not unfair. I mean, it's not wrong. I guess I should say, uh, but that's not why Texas and Oklahoma left. I mean, they want to be a competitor in the big in the SEC. They they're going for. They want to be there for the next 30 30 to 50 years in the Southeastern Conference, and it's the right move for Texas. Uh, But to say that Oklahoma was an unwilling bride in this, I mean, that is an absolute slap in the face to the team that has dominated the Big 12 Conference since 1995 when it started. Texas won the first one, but Oklahoma, with Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley, dominated this conference to suggest that they were an unwilling bride that Texas dragged along to the SEC couldn't be more wrong. And Bob Bowlesby, In comments at the uh, coaches. He was invited to the Texas High School Coaches Convention this week and called it fiction. Said it's absolutely not true. Uh, Do we have that uh, audio there, Nolan? Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's Bob Bowlesby at Big 12 uh, Football Media Day. Actually, no, at at the uh, Texas Coaches Convention Coaches School on Sunday as an invited guest.
6: That's fiction. Period. That's fiction. Um, The outreach was from both equitably Uh, It was done at a presidential level, directly and clearly. Uh, And Joe Harris and Jay Hartzell were both equally clear about their interest in joining the Southeastern Conference. They, as I recall, said we watched how you've led, which was a compliment to me, how our group has made decisions and how we function and they want to be a part of that. Clear as I can be. All
0: right, so there you go. Uh, Now the question, I think, Nolan, you have a spicy hot take question uh, under under all of this umbrella of uh, are the Longhorns and the Sooners in for a rough 2023?
3: Yeah, so the one word I chose for that is what, I've, what I was seeing was just kind of overall pettiness. And, yeah. and I kind of expect this to move on t- towards this down the line through the season. So I was uh, brought up the question, do you think Texas and OU will get that fair shake throughout the season on their yeah. exit?
0: Look, I mean, I think it's something to watch. And I, I, I've i said uh, openly, I think Steve Sarkisian needs to tell his team, mm-hmm. don't leave it up to the refs, y'all. Yep. Be ready, and I'm not saying or there's going to be collusion. I just think there's. I think those statements by Brett Yormark saying, you know, taking shot at Texas, which we didn't play, but he took a kind of a petty shot at Texas about, and again, they're moving on without him. I get it. I mean, it would be like your your ex wife on the way out. She's gonna take a shot. She's gonna take a shot. That's okay, uh, but you got to play a whole another season there, All right. You got to live there for another year. Are you gonna get a level playing field? Will there be? I was in Stillwater last October when Texas played Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State was called for. Uh, zero penalties. Texas was called for fourteen penalties uh, in, a, in a very close game. That seemed one-sided. That seemed off. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian said a little bit about it afterwards, but you got to know how many games have you seen in your life? And there were, you know, there there was one penalty called in Oklahoma that they declined, uh, but Texas had two others that didn't get accepted. So sixteen penalties to zero uh, on a home field. That seems one way, and that's the kind of stuff. Because look, let's be fair, Brett Yormark. I think made it clear. Tim Wiseguy certainly made it clear. The last thing they want is Texas and Oklahoma playing in that stadium for the final Big 12 championship. They are proud that the last two years it's been Baylor and Oklahoma State and it's been K-State and TCU. They're proud of that, and it's good for the conference moving forward. What they don't want in 2023 is the team picked to win it and the team picked third, Oklahoma, to play in that game. Uh, they won't say that openly, but at the same time, Uh, what steps could be taken to prevent that. That's something. If you're Sark, you've got to be telling your team, leave no doubt. Leave no doubt. We've got to be the better team. We might have to beat our opponent, and we might have to beat uh, some bad officiating at times. Again, I'm not a conspiracy guy. Uh, I just – when high-level officials within the conference are saying things like that, you at least have to. You at least have to get your your ears up and and pay attention. Uh, that is that that's pettiness. Is a good word, Nolan Hogan. All right, there is our third quarter. The spicy hot takes. Keep an eye on that in 2023. It certainly will be an ongoing topic. On Point Spice Company, that local small business by my guys James and Adrian. Top quality spice blends. They're an absolute must in everybody's home. They're in my house, in my pantry, and in the barbecue pit, especially now that summer grilling season and smoking season is here, and then tailgate season right around the corner. They have two spice blends that they have right now. Uh, they're incredible top shelf steak and more at On Point. Uh, it is the last steak seasoning you will ever need. Phenomenal when you're seasoning your fillets, your ribeyes, your sirloins, your t bones. If you're like me, you get those out and you get them, you know, room temperature and you pat them down. Okay, well now what do I put on? Salt and pepper is fine. If you get that top shelf steak and more, Man, uh, it is it. That's the last one you'll ever, you'll never think. What else do I need to add? That's it right there. Maybe a little olive oil and you're good to go. Also fantastic on veggies and so many other things it'll be it'll replace every other seasoning that you have in your pantry and then if you're a barbecuer you like to smoke meat and uh, use that pit uh, the ar barbecue pit master rub is a grand champion rub that has 20 plus years in the making uh, by a grand champion uh, of barbecue that's adrian and you can add it to your spice rack and pit it's great for briskets and chicken ribs pork shoulder whatever meat you are smoking that weekend or that game day uh, it is awesome uh, it's also great on the rim of your favorite bloody mary uh, mind you if you if you love those at a game day early morning morning tailgate or the day after it's the AR barbecue pitmaster rub and uh, that tremendous top shelf steak and more all you got to do is go to the website find them they've got a, a 20% off discount going for horn listeners and eyes on texas listeners right now on pointspices.com onpointspices.com all one word uh, don't forget the s onpointspices.com all right, it's our fourth quarter, fourth and final quarter. Get your fingers up, fourth quarter time. We're going to come strong. We'll hit our final four big conversations of the week. Fourth quarter presented by Access Discount Healthcare. This is something if you have a lot of prescriptions in your family, when I tell you about it coming up, you have to be listening and write this down. It's this very important. It can save you a lot of money, whether you have kids that are on, you know, designer prescriptions or older folks with your parents. Uh, it is a Netflix-style monthly subscription to help significantly cut your prescription drug costs on a monthly basis and annually. Everybody's looking to find ways to save money these days with inflation, everything going on. uh, Be listening here in a minute. But our big conversations, final four in our fourth quarter. First one with uh, more with Steve Sarkeesian. Thought we had a lot of really good audio from what went on down in Houston uh, for coaches school. And this was a good one. Uh, More than 1,200 high school coaches on hand. So Sark is speaking to the coaches who help provide players because Texas recruits 80, 85% of the roster from the great state. Uh, So these are the ones that are helping to coach those players. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Sark was asked about his recruiting philosophy. We talked about his roster-building philosophy earlier in the EOT, but in the ever-changing talent acquisition time, the transfer portal is more and more popular, taking experienced players versus high school players. Sark was still very clear that they want to build this program at Texas with high school talent, especially from the state of Texas.
5: I think it's different if you make it different. You know, ultimately for us, we're not, we are going to continue to build our roster from the ground up, from the foundation, from the high school ranks. That's why high school recruiting is so important to us. That's why this is so important to us. I think this year we took five transfers, 25 high school kids. And so ultimately, yes, we're going to take a few transfers, and there's some stopgap things in there for a variety of reasons, but ultimately, um, the high school recruiting is where it's at for us in, in our style and what we like to do. So I know this whole era of NIL and transfer portal and all, and all the things that come with it, but the reality of it is for us, I want to recruit, another, if I can, I want to recruit another high school kid. Now, there may be times when we can't, like, I mean, I have to have another corner or have to have another defensive tackle. Then you go into the portal and you make that work and you do the best you can to make that work. But the reality of it is, for us, I would much rather prefer to recruit the high school range.
0: So there you go. 25 high school players, five through the portal. And those five through the portal were targeted players. They were looking for a Donnie Mitchell, A.D. Mitchell to bring depth to the receiver room targeted Jalen Catalan, they targeted Gavin Holmes from Wake Forest to bring more depth to the cornerback position, as we talked about earlier with Rod B. Uh, they targeted the guys, the punter, Ryan Sandboard from Stanford, that's a guy that can punt, kick off. Uh, a four-year starter at Stanford, that's a guy that can uh, think. remind you of a Cameron Dicker who can do a lot of things for you, for Jeff Banks and that special teams. So targeted transfer portal players, but still going to build this team with top three recruiting classes, and a lot of them in the great state. And to that point, Sark was asked in front of the Texas high school coaches, here in our fourth quarter about you know just how important those high school coaches are when it comes to delivering quality talent to the University of Texas and other schools that are ready to play.
5: Well, I think first and foremost, the coaching is impeccable. Like, what the high school coaches do in this state is incredible. Um, I think when the players, when we get them, they are so much well, more well-versed to uh, accommodate to what we do And what we ask of the players um, The competition is incredible uh, I, will, I will say that Like I, I think about what's going on In the state championship games At the end of the year And, and, and w- what these guys do To get their teams ready to play in those games But then, you know, for me I go out in January And I, I kind of bebop around And I'm getting in weight training sessions And different things I'm watching guys work it's across the board. It's not just the teams that are playing for state championships. It's across the board. These guys work, and these coaches have an impact on these young men, and, and that's why I want to celebrate them. That's why I'm here, because the impact they have on young people's lives, which is why we do what we do, is incredible. So uh, I commend everybody for the job that they do um, It's not easy, and not everybody's making a bunch of money, and they're doing it out of of the goodness of their heart. And uh, I'm very appreciative of that because, man, I I said my son is a freshman at UT right now, and he had a great high school coach, and he was lucky. And not all of them get that, but when you get a good high school coach, they start – kind of laying that foundation for what it's supposed to look like in your future outside of football. And that, and that's why we do what we do. All
0: right. Also in our big four college football conversations, we got to double back on Quinn yours. Because uh, that's been a big conversation. Quinn Ewers, we talked about it with Mike Craven in our second quarter. Just the maturity of Coach Sark and the maturity of Quinn Ewers are going to put the ceiling on this team. If, if Sark is matured to what Rod Babers talked about, those fourth quarter adjustments, uh, you know, finding a way to be better in those fourth quarter situations. And if Quinn Ewers has matured to the point that people say he has, he's improved his body, cut his hair, He's working. He's working his tail off. He's he's taking a leadership role with this team. Then you know this can be a very high ceiling team because uh, there are not a lot of, of boxes they don't check uh, in a lot of places on this team. And Steve Sarkeesian has built a, a coaching staff with continuity. He's added special advisors at every level of the team, and uh, this should be a real good team. But Quinn Ewers obviously is a focal point. Let's hear from Quinn Ewers at Big 12 Media Days last week in our uh, Big Fourth Quarter conversation. His comfort level. He sat down with the guys from the Horn on radio from Radio Row in in Arlington and talked about just how more comfortable he is this year as opposed to last year at this time.
2: I mean, yeah, obviously it's gonna grow. Whenever you've been in the system for a year and you've known guys that you've been around, you've been around them for a whole year, um, and you've made great friendships. I mean, it just makes everything a whole lot easier. Yeah. Definitely, comfort level has gone way up for sure. Even in the um, you know weight room and, and out on the field when Coach becton has got us. You know, running. So I mean, it's just been a whole lot easier for me.
0: All right. So there's comfort. He's certainly that. How about confidence? Because there were times last year that Steve, that uh, Quinn Ewers didn't look real confident. Uh, the Oklahoma State game stands out. The Baylor game where they completely abandoned uh, the run, the passing game, just you know, handed off to Bijan and Roshan. Uh We don't have any confidence in our passing game right now. And that wasn't just Quinn. There were some protection problems in that Baylor game. Uh, Xavier Worthy was dropping passes. Uh, but that you know, think about the Washington game in the Alamo Bowl. That confident Quinn Ewers struggled a little bit early, missed some throws, but at the same time, boy, he was not the reason they lost that game. He played winning football in that game, uh, the Oklahoma game last year, obviously the beginning of the Alabama game before the injury. Can that confidence level continue to grow on a consistent basis? Here's uh, Quinn Ewers last week.
2: Yeah, I mean it's definitely growing for sure. Um, You know, I feel like I've had a great spring. I had a great spring uh spring ball and in winter and you know summer summer workouts are going great. PRP is going great. I mean. It's only growing. So yeah. I'm excited to see where I'm at after fall camp. Um, and I couldn't be more excited for this year. I'm ready.
0: Also, you know, the, conf- the everyone wants to talk about the co- quarterback competition, which is fair, right? I mean, you've got com- competitors. Rod Babers was just with us here earlier and he is uh, as competitive as any athlete you'll ever will be around uh in any any realm, but this is the quarterback room it's got Malik murphy it's got Arch Manning, which is the name everyone's talking about and it's got quinn yours but here's here's quinn talking about you know you, it's competitive we're pushing each other but it's a great room it's it's uh, one of the the most you know connected rooms in the in the program
2: yeah it's definitely accurate but the whole q b room i mean i i'm so blessed to be in such a good q b room i mean nobody's trying to you know find ways around or throw somebody under the bus and there's none of that i mean we're all we're all in it together and we have such good time those are like my best friends on the team it's, so you know because I'm, I'm with those guys all the time and you know we get along so well it's rare honestly for everyone to, to kind of be the same and act the same
0: and last thing with quinn you were here in our fourth quarter big four conversations everyone wants to know the picture that went viral the the quarterback room flex uh, after the weightlifting, but it's interesting that that you know that you know Malik Murphy put that picture out of the five Texas quarterbacks, and it went everywhere, and they're all doing their their look how ripped we are. But here's Quinn yours in a mature way saying, you know, that was planned. We, we, we thought about that because we took that picture the last day before we were leaving for 4th of July break. And we wanted to put in the time to look as good as we could. Uh, and that was our way of saying, Hey, we put in a lot of time this, this, uh, this month to be in as big, good a shape
2: as we could be. No, honestly, I didn't expect it to blow up. I didn't even expect it to get posted, but you know, when, when Malik, um, you know, showed us kind of what he did with the post, I was like, yeah, go ahead. It's, it was funny. Um, but no, we 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 made this idea. I mean, months ago, we were like, hey, we're all gonna stay after. We're gonna hit abs. We're gonna hit arms. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a picture. You know, June thirtieth, when before our July fourth week break. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're so we were we set a goal and we, we wanted to hit the goal and it kind of gave us, you know, some motivation.
0: Alright, there you go. Uh, you know, whatever that was, it was a good picture. Malik Murphy looks like a defensive end. Uh, Quinn Ewers is looks in much better shape. He says he's down 20 pounds. He's eating better. That's going to help with his footwork and his nimbleness in the pocket. I think it's his overall confidence. Arch Manning. No slouch. No slouch, man. That guy did not miss ab day. I know that. And uh, I know he and Michael Taff, as we talked earlier, really like to go out on the boat and uh, do the lake night. He's looking good. He's looking good on the lake days and uh, all of them. So they worked hard. That's another thing we've heard from Sark. Another reason they're confident uh, that they're they're pushing for one another. They're working their tails off and they are, as Sark said, you know, Steve Sarkeesian many times, a team on a mission. We'll see if they can accomplish that beginning in about 47 days when this football season starts. We record this podcast and multicast every Monday night. So if you're listening to it on a Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, that's when we record it. And uh, as we say, during the football season, we'll have two editions of the Multicast, Monday and then again, a Thursday edition that will drop on Fridays, uh, previewing each week's game. Obviously, the Monday edition will recap whatever went on the weekend before. Thursday will be a preview of what's to come. Looking forward to that here on the Eyes on Texas Multicast powered by Grande Equiven. Uh, a couple other quick ones from college football. Uh, we taped this show on Monday night, as we just mentioned. SEC Media Days have opened today in Nashville. Uh, first time they've been in Nashville at the Grand Hyatt, right in downtown Nashville. Commissioner Greg Sankey opened the proceedings today at SEC Media Days, addressed the state t- and the SEC, and uh, including the announcement of next year's SEC Media Days, Texas and Oklahoma just joining the conference. Next year in July, Media Days will be in downtown Dallas. They're going to be at the Omni Hotel in downtown Dallas, so you know, A&M never got that luxury. The 10 years they've been in the conference, Texas and Oklahoma are in it one year. They're coming to Dallas next year for SEC media days. That was announced. Also in Nashville, Texas A&M head coach Jimbo Fisher was one of the first guys up today, along with uh, Brian Kelly of LSU, who had a, you know, overachieving nine and four year last year, played in the SEC championship game. Jimbo Fisher, of course, had a terrible year at Texas A&M and, uh, Uh, One of the three coaches there on hand, along with Missouri's head coach, Eli Drinkwitz. But again, this is curious because, you know, Bobby Petrino has been hired at Texas A&M to be the offensive coordinator. And Jimbo Fisher was asked again directly today, who's going to be calling plays? And, you know, the audio is not even clear enough to play for you. But he fumbled it again. He, he continues to say things like, well, we'll see. We're not sure. I mean, Bobby is a great coach and knows offense, and he's been awesome for our team. And, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, he's not. This is the conflict, I think, in the, in, in the heads of Aggie fans is, what are we doing here? Uh, Jimbo was forced to make this move in a lot of accounts. I don't think he wanted to. It took him months to make the call, and Bobby Petrino was hired. Bobby Petrino was hired to come in after he was named the head coach at UNLV. Uh, to take this job, you got to think, if I'm not calling plays, Jimbo, we're going to have a problem. Uh, we might be fighting in the parking lot here. <laughs> I came here to call plays, and every time you get asked about it, you fumble and stumble through it of saying what we're doing. Now, that could be, you know, sly cat guy of what he's doing. I, it seems like something's up with with uh, Jimbo Fisher. Uh, so get your popcorn ready down at College Station this season. What a year it promises to be. I will say for the Aggie fans out there uh, or people who root against the Aggies, if, if they get this right offensively, they do have talent. They have all their returning offensive linemen. They've got a young quarterback who's a five-star kid who showed last year he's got a lot of confidence and he can sling it. They have Evan Stewart and uh, Muhammad. They can really play on the outside. Uh, they have to replace Devin A. Chain at running back, but they've got they've got guys. Uh, this offense, with Bobby Petrino is allowed to cut it loose, uh, go with that tempo and do the, the scripting and the play calling he has done for his whole career. Um, they can be pretty darn good. They have DJ Durkin coaching the defense, uh, the former Maryland coach. I mean, they, they've got a really good coaching staff. It just seems to be a jumbled, stumble-bum mess. And, again, that's just me observing Jimbo Fisher. But, again, he could be that Sly hat in the grass that uh, has a plan this year. But he better because this is it. If Jimbo Fisher doesn't get it right this year, uh, I don't think he'll be back for another. Uh, down there. All right. Those are our fourth quarter final big conversations for the week presented by Access Discount Healthcare created by pharmacists. This is important. Created by pharmacists, not big pharma. They're tired of you having to pay higher prices for those prescription drugs on a monthly basis. Uh, So it's designed by pharmacists to offer you a Netflix style monthly subscription to help significantly cut your prescription drug costs. It's their prescription drug platform. And here's the deal. Uh, Subscriptions are $21.99 for an individual a month. $21.99 for two people in a family. It's $26.99 per month. And $31.99 for a family of three or more, provided you live in the same house. There's no long-term contract. This is a month-to-month situation. You don't sign up and you're locked in. Uh, And your prescriptions for all the the drugs that you need, I mean, you can go to the website, and I'll tell you that coming up and see all the the prescriptions that they have. Um, But they can be mailed directly to you or picked up at over $64,000. Walgreens, CVS, and others, once you sign up, they'll call your doctors and set up the prescriptions you need delivered and have every, every week and every month. And uh, here's the thing. If you or your family members are paying more than $21 or $31 for prescriptions, there are already over 1.5 million Americans using this platform, and they've already collectively saved over $100 million. And here's the thing. Think about this. Month-by-month subscription? Retention rate is 98.5%. You could drop anytime you wanted, but 98.5% of people, of consumers who get signed up, stay in the program. It's not a discount card. It is a Netflix-style monthly subscription for your prescriptions. And the website is this. Ready? Write it down. YourFreeRxDrugs.com. That's YourFreeRxDrugs.com. Sign up. Learn more. That website is loaded with information. Every question you have rattling around your head will be answered. It's YourFreeRxDrugs.com. Check it out today and uh, don't 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 you'll thank me later. I promise you if you're paying a fortune on prescription drugs on a monthly and an annual basis, your free rxdrugs.com. All right, that's going to put a wrap on another edition of the Eyes on Texas multicast. Thank you so much to our founding partners at 1. Point, uh, on point spices and 1 source gas and Hayes City Store and Ice House. Texas the Texas Mortgage Guy.com, Carlos Carrion, and of course your free Rxdrugs.com. Uh but our Title sponsor is our friends at Grande Equipment, Wes and his team. uh, They are tremendous. They're a locally owned independent equipment company here in Central Texas. They have served the world's equipment needs since 2004. Whatever your project, large, small, heck, you'd be building a whole highway, which a lot of you aren't, but if you have a project at the ranch or the lease and you need heavy equipment at your house, they are your choice and always have been. Uh, They're nimble and independent and small, but they play in the big leagues on a global level uh, at at, at, uh, Grande Equipment. And uh, Wes and his team are the best since 2004, going on 20 years now. At GrandeEquipment.com, they're absolutely the best. Love them. Uh, great Longhorn fans. Great partners of ours here on the Eyes on Texas Multicast. I want to thank also Mike Craven, the senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas football. We heard from, from Big 12 Media Days. He'll be back as soon as he can with his assignments that he's on, American Athletic Conference Media Days, where he is right now. Also, thank you to Lifetime Lawhorn Rod Babers for his visit into the EOT bunker. And thank you to our digital producer, Nolan Hogan. Great work, as always, and our executive producer, Griffin Hogan. Their incredible work again this week to bring you episode 13 of the Eyes on Texas Multicast. Find it where you find podcasts, iTunes and Spotify, the YouTube page of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and of course, the Horn FM in Austin.